The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the revolution. The two of you are making me and every one of your friends sick. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) They walk a thin dividing line between sanity and lunacy. It's time to give thanks to what's truly important. The who owes who money here. (laughs) Live from America's heartland, beamed throughout the world at JimandTrav.com. This is The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Sit back, relax, remember to turn off your cell phones. For the next hour, let me be your candy crush. Jimmy, you will always be my candy crush. Just saying. <laughs> That's all I've ever wanted. But hey, we did it again. What'd we do? Excellent in crafts. Oh, yeah. Ah, uh, Siopa. Si- That's Southeastern Outdoor, Outdoor Press, Press Association. Association. We were recognized for our excellence, our magical skills in broadcasting. That's right. We took a first and a second place. There was only That's three right. places. We beat ourselves in first. <laughs> I don't know who does that. But I think we've won it like ever since Siopa started. Every time that we have entered, we have taken in first place. And I'm going to say Larry Ray Outdoors. Yeah. He's a noble third placer every time. Every time. Love that guy. He's got a great show. No, Larry's got a wonderful show. Uh, anyways, no, no, congratulations, big guy. And to you as well. It's because of uh, your production and interviewing, interviewing skills. <laughs> <laughs> interviewing All <right>. skills. <laughs> All right. So, yes, congratulations to us, boys and girls. Uh, we are talking the Untamed Odyssey on today's show. We have a fantastic show, as always, lined up for you, boys and girls. Yeah, you're not going to believe this. We've got Kurt Wells, editor of Bowhunter Magazine and and bow hunter TV. That's right. We're going to talk deer hunting, elk hunting, goat hunting. Yeah. A uh, little bit of everything with him. We're also going to be joined by Alan Probst of North American Trapper. Yeah, and he's on Sportsman's Channel, but uh, he's going to talk about trapping wolves, of all things. Wolves, beavers, muskrats. Finally, we're going to wrap things up with Cat Daddy with an epic Kansas catfishing report. He says the bean hole is kind of tapered off. Kinda, That's Kind of dead. That, to me, is the end of summer. When That's the bean it. hole's done... Summer's over. <laughs> All right, so let's get to Kurt Wells with Bowhunter Magazine. Let's do it. It's Untamed Odyssey this week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav. This is going to be awesome. Now kicking off a two-part interview with Kurt Wells, editor of Bowhunter Magazine and host of Bowhunter TV on Outdoor Channel, Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Here's part one. All right, the man on the line right now, he is the Wapiti Whisperer. Uh, that's what he is. Mr. Curwells, how's it going, buddy? Pretty good. How about you? Good, good. Now, this is the 17th year in a row for um, uh, Bowhunter TV, right? Yeah, actually, this hunting season is our 18th. Uh, so the 18th season will air next year. Oh, holy cow. Now, you just came off of a little bit ago uh, a 14-day DIY elk hunt in Arizona uh, with your two sons. And this was like your 35th elk hunt uh, in a row. And you knocked down a monster bull. What was he, like a 7 by 9 Yep, 7 by 9 
Um, he had a little bit of trash up top. He almost looked kind of like a red stag. He wasn't uh, super big, but uh, when I saw the extra points up top, uh, I pretty much decided I was going to have to take him home. Oh, yeah. yeah. It looked like uh, the mass carried all the way out. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, he was uh, he was pretty good. I was happy to get him. Now, you had mentioned right before the show started, Mr. Kurd, uh, that some of the most action you've seen, there was a tremendous amount of bugling. What led to this? Is it all the, the moisture that's going on that they've had down there? What led to this increased activity? I think that was a big part of it. Uh, the last couple of years have been super dry, really bad drought, and there's some people that didn't even apply this year, and it took my sons and I 12 years to draw the tag because uh, there's three of us on an application, so that makes it much more difficult. And uh, they were just ready to get it done, so we didn't care about the weather, and it was super dry and hot in the early spring, and then it started raining, just uh, as fortune sometimes does, and it rained pretty much all summer. So I think that had, the, you know, the grass was all green, all the conditions were really good, and the elk were just in a good mood. And, and on all the elk hunts I've been on, I've never had that much bugling activity. Uh, they bugled at night when you're trying to sleep. They bugled at midday when you're trying to have lunch. They just wouldn't leave us alone. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, it was a DIY hunt. Uh, where did you hunt? I know, I think Traff said it was Arizona, but what part of Arizona? Uh, we drew 5A, so we hunt in the southern part of 5A, which is in the southeast of Flagstaff. It was all public land, and we did everything ourselves. I did all the calling for my two sons. My oldest son, Jason, he had killed two bulls before, and my youngest son, Jared, he had never killed an elk. So it was his first experience, and I just went into it hoping we could get some action and get some bugling up close. And, and you know, when you get those bulls into 10, 15, 20 yards and they're just screaming, there's no experience like that. Yeah, yeah. Now, was that up above on the Muggion Rim or below? That was uh, just about right on it. Right on it. We had to drive, and when we needed to make a cell phone call, we had to drive about 400 yards to get to the rim oh holy cow man i'm gonna tell you what 12 years that is a lot of anticipation waiting to draw that tag i bet a lot of pissed off yeah i bet when you drew it you were like so elated i mean after 12 years is you kind of give up hope mr kurt yeah well we had to scale back our the quality of the unit a little bit just to draw because there was but they have point creep where every year it takes a few more points to draw a particular unit. And, of course, the really popular units, I mean, there's some guys that are waiting 22, 23 years to draw a tag there. Mm. So um, we weren't going to wait that long. So I scaled back to a little bit easier to draw a unit. And, yeah, it, uh, it took a long time, but uh, it lived up to expectations. Yeah. Now, was it uh, – uh pretty difficult hunt physically i mean going up and down and whatever or was it uh, once you got off the rim it got fairly easy yeah it wasn't too bad and i had just come back from a mountain goat hunt in bc so anything was easy after that <laughs> but, uh, and my two sons they both work in offices so they they probably would call it easy but uh from an elk hunting perspective it was really easy 
Oh, holy cow. Again, Mr. Kurt Wells, the editor, Bowhunter Magazine, uh, and host of Bowhunter TV on Outdoor Channel, Sundays, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, and Sportsman Channel, Wednesdays, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. It's really amazing. Uh, 50th anniversary out right now of uh, Bowhunter Magazine. That is hard to believe. 50 years you guys have been in business. Yeah, yep. It's incredible, you know, the... Uh, M.R. James founded the magazine in 1971, and then Dwight Shue became the editor when M.R. sold the magazine, and then I'm only the third editor in the 50 years of the magazine. It's the best brand out there, and I've been proud to represent the Bowhunter brand for as the editor for over 11 years now myself. Yeah, holy cow. Now, now getting back to your elk hunt, did you, of course, you had 12 years to study, but did you go to any satellite maps and so forth to kind of stake things out? Or are you just uh, kind of, as you said, walk out of the tent in the morning and that was it? Well, I had a little bit of help from a couple guys that gave me some suggestions on uh, where to start. And uh, so I went down a couple of days early before I went on the mountain goat hunt, did some scouting, found my camp spot. Then I flew to from Phoenix to the mountain goat hunt and then back from B.C. to Phoenix and then set up camp. And then my two sons came in after that, after, oh after I had camp set up. Of course, the old man had to do the work, but <laughs> I got done. <laughs> you bet. It hey. was like Kurt's outfitting service. <laughs> hey, we've got we got to take a break. Kurt, can you stick around? You bet. Hey, we're talking with Kurt Wells. He's the editor of Bowhunter Magazine and host of Bowhunter TV on Outdoor Channel, Sundays at 7 o'clock. And what time is it on Sportsman Channel? Yeah, Sportsman Channel, that's Wednesdays, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And if you hop on at bowhunter.com uh, right now, if you don't have a subscription, it's only $9.99. That is the heck of a deal right there. Um, we got to get to a break. This has been presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV, part two with Kurt Wells, right after this. Don't go anywhere. This is The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Jimby got with Travi. Travi got with Bunny. They were talking about the outdoors. Outdoors they were talking. Follow the boys on social media and always 24-7 at JimandTrav.com. Stay tuned. The Revolution will continue right after these important messages. If you want to make a name for yourself in rodeo, start early. It takes a lot to be a rodeo kid. They'll sacrifice everything to make it to the top. If there's a time to peak, it's Vegas. It's the most exciting night ever. Some people let nerves get to them, some people don't. It does make a mama nervous. <laughs> it's good in the rodeo industry to have a very short memory. Kid Rodeo, Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern, only on Outdoor Channel. How would you like to save up to $500 on your next vacation package? Any vacation package anywhere in the world. Just call Superior Travel and mention the code RADIO and save up to $500. We'll design a custom, fantastic vacation just for you. With all the bells and whistles. Not some cookie-cutter vacation, but a unique, all-included vacation customized by one of our exclusive travel experts. And our service is completely free. You pay nothing more. So why waste your time? Let us do it for you. We've got over 100 years of travel experience to help 
help create the perfect trip for you. Call now and learn how to save up to $500 on your next custom vacation. Pick up the phone, call Superior Travel, and use the code word RADIO. 800-570-9631. 800-570-9631. That's 800-570-9631. Are you wondering what to do with your leftover game meat? Turn it into delicious snacks. At High Mountain Seasonings, we have 25 jerky making kits, 14 snack and stick kits, and 20 sausage making kits. That means we have something for everybody. Look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com. The Revolution with Jim and Travis back, an untamed odyssey. Now let's get back to Kurt Wells, editor of Bowhunter Magazine and host of Bowhunter TV on Outdoor Channel, Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Brought to you by High Mountain Seasonings. Visit them to spice up your wild game cuisine at HIMTNJerky.com. This is part two. Hey, we are back. We're talking Untamed Odyssey on this week's show. And if you listen to the first part, if you haven't listened to the first part, you got to go to our website, jimandtrav.com. Listen to Kurt talk about his elk hunt in Arizona. It is wild in the country. Yeah. Now, let's talk about the deer slam for a second. You got the coos deer, Colombian blacktail deer, whitetail deer, Sitka blacktail deer, and mule deer. Did I hear this right that one time you tried to get uh this slam in one year alone did you try that no no i never tried to do that in one year that would be pretty crazy Maybe now, a good idea though <laughs> <laughs> now, now you there, travel enough yeah there is a yeah. subspecies out in west texas isn't there there well there's a lot of uh different subspecies of uh white tails and then there's but the only one that really is uh, ever i think has a chance of being separated out would be the colombian white tail in the northwest up in around washington up in there there's very few of them around at a special hunt you got to go on to get those but otherwise it's uh just those five yeah have you ever tried to hunt for the sitka blacktail oh yeah really yeah, i've uh I love hunting Kodiak Island. Um, she can be a nasty mom once in a while, but she uh, she really provides adventure, and it's just a blast out there hunting those uh, sick of blacktails. They're probably the most beautiful of all five species of deer. Really? Now, you, uh, you went to British Columbia to hunt mountain goat. Now, tell us about that hunt. Was it a little difficult? Uh, damn near killed me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you what, starting off in Arizona, then going up there, man, you had to be run down when you got there. Yeah, the, uh, I'm 67, so, um, the idea of hunting mountain goats was kind of ridiculous, but, uh, I decided to give it another try. And uh, from the truck to the campsite was seven hour hike with uh, oh, six five God. pound packs. <laughs> and uh, if I was looking for my limit, I found it on that hunt. I can tell you that. <laughs> we lost four days to rain, and uh, and I never did get close to a goat. But some cool country, fun to be up there. Oh yeah! Now is that your your first ever goat hunt up there? No, it's my second shot, second try. Oh really? And. Uh, Still haven't taken one yet. It, it's uh, it's easily the most difficult bull hunt 
I've ever been on by far. There's nothing even close. Mm. I mean, they they look down on the sheep. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they look down on the sheep. <laughs> well, speaking of sheep, they, uh, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> they live in some terrain. It's it's just hard to believe. You know those little kids, the little young ones. They they're running around up there in the mountains. Sometimes you wonder if they're thinking, "Man, I wish I'd been born an antelope." Oh yeah, <laughs> because, uh, the stuff that those animals hang out on—it's just incredible that they can even survive that. You know, all these hunts are extremely difficult, but when you're pursuing it with a bow. Um, that just ups the ante. Do you like that extra thrill? You have to be so close. There is no guarantee. It's not like you're out there taking a 500-yard shot. Is it just the appeal of getting up close? Why do you love bow hunting so much? No, that's, that's the main thing is just getting close, seeing if you can do it. Um, you know, doing it from long range just uh, didn't appeal to me all that much. I mean, uh, everybody has their thing or what they like to do, but, you know, they only got to get within 300 yards or so, and uh, we don't even start hunting until we get within 300 yards. And, and uh, you know, there's some shows in that where they will, uh, when the going gets tough, they'll resort to a rifle. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't do that at Bow Hunter. You know, <laughs> it's a bow hunt right to the end, and and I've had many opportunities to take a rifle and finish off a goat hunt or a moose hunt or whatever. But that's we don't play that game. He he's the goat of the hunter world, is what he is. <laughs> 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 oh my goodness, that is crazy! How long have you been bow hunting for? You said you're 67. How many of those 67 years have you been bow hunting? I started in 1981, so this is my 40th year. Wow, wow. And, um, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a heck of a ride, I can tell you that. And especially having this job, I've, I've hunted now 10 countries and pretty much every Canadian province. And, uh, it's, uh, a dream job that I still waiting for the phone to ring and somebody to say, no, no, we screwed up. We meant the other Kurt Well. <laughs> Hey, we got to leave it right there. We're talking with Kurt Wells, and uh, he's the editor of Bowhunter Magazine and the host of Bowhunter TV on Outdoor Channel, Sundays at 7 o'clock Eastern Time, and how about Sportsman's Channel? That is Wednesdays, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, and please make sure you go to bowhunter.com and get a subscription. Now, can you get digital and print, or do you have to pick one or the other? No, you get them both for $9.99. Really? Seriously? Starbucks coffee. <laughs> yeah, you can barely walk in the door for At nine ninety nine. Top of Whistler Mountain. Yeah, that's bowhunter dot com. And, and seriously, make sure you watch Bowhunter TV on Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel. It's such a fantastic show. Uh, this has been brought to you though by High Mount Seasonings. Visit them online to spice up your tasty goat. At HIMTNJerky.com. Jimbo, who we got coming up hey, next? Hey, coming up next is Alan Probst. He's the host of North American Trapper on Sportsman Channel Thursday nights at 10 o'clock Eastern Time. Mr. Kurt, God bless you. Keep it up. We love everything you do, buddy. Thanks so much. I appreciate it, guys. This is The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Stalk us anytime on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Tumblr, Vimeo, YouTube, Yelp, Foursquare, and always at JimandTrav.com. Stay tuned. The Revolution will continue next. 
He's a wilderness athlete, instinctive hunter, angler and forager, and gourmet wild food chef. Man Eats Wild host Mario Calpo will inspire you as he crosses oceans, mountains, and deserts. I kind of have a feeling like I'm up with the gods. doesn't get any better. In search of the freshest, cleanest wild game on the planet. This is 100% wild food. Man Eats Wild. Mondays at 7.30 p.m. on Outdoor Channel. Outdoor adventure and great eating go hand in hand with all of our High Mountain Seasonings jerky kits, snack and sticks, buckboard bacon, finishing sauces, rubs and shakers, marinades, and more. Go to HIMTNJerky.com or call 1-800-829-2285 today. Welcome back to The Revolution with Jim and Trav, talking Untamed Odyssey. Now launching into another two-parter with Alan Probst, host of North American Trapper on Sportsman Channel, Thursdays, 10 p.m. Eastern, presented by My Outdoor TV. Stream on your favorite device or download to watch anywhere, anytime. My Outdoor TV at MyOutdoorTV.com. Here's part one. Hey, we're back. We're talking Untamed Odyssey on this week's show. Before the break, we had Kurt Wells on, editor of Bowhunter Magazine and Bowhunter TV on Outdoor Channel, Sundays at 7 o'clock. But our next guest, Ben, he's got you trapped. He's a trapper! I think trapping is so cool. Alan Probst, he is the host of North American Trapper. That is Sportsman Channel, Thursdays, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Mr. Alan, you old trapper, how's it going, buddy? Good. How are you, bud? <laughs> doing, doing well. Uh, you know, the interesting part about uh, trapping, I tried that when when I was younger, I failed miserably. Uh, I don't know what I was doing wrong, but uh, obviously there's a trick to it, isn't there? A lot of times, I mean, there's some things that you learn over time, but, you know, getting started, I mean, anybody can really go out there and chase these critters and, and have success with, with just a couple minor techniques. What's kind of amazing to me is, you know, whether you hunt with a bow, you know, a lot of people like Lee and Tiffany Lukoski, they can shoot out to 100 yards. A lot of rifle hunters, man, they can drop game at 600. Muzzle loaders today, 400 yards is nothing. But when you're trapping Mr. Allen, it is so precise. They need to step in this one little area. They need to put their head uh, in this one tiny little spot. There's no room for error when it comes to trapping. That's one of the things. It's funny how you just said that because that's one of the things that actually uh, gives me, I call it the fever, mm-hmm. you know, the trapping. I call it the fever. I've had the fever since I was like seven years old when I caught my first muscle. But uh, you are, you know, these animals can move 360 degrees uh, anywhere and, and you're getting them to pretty much step in a in a one you know inch or two square inch area and i love that uh that one-on-one with nature and, and I'm, I'm a big historian and i love uh i mean to this day i'm still learning about the the guys that actually explored the west um and trapping actually is a big thing that actually was part of that because the beaver wars back in the 1820s and 30s um, when beavers were, you know, basically the most sought after thing, uh, as far as for, you know, hats and things of that nature, uh, guys were exploring the West chasing beavers. So trapping is, is not only 
a part of history, but it's it's a part of like who I am. Yeah. Well, now the thing is, you know, when you're out there and you're setting traps, and there's one thing to set traps on dry land. There's another thing, and you always have to worry about the weather and whether or not it's going to freeze or whatever. But then setting in water is a totally different animal, isn't it? I actually uh, probably like water trapping more than I like, uh, well, I like land trapping. But water trapping, I love uh, going after beaver and mink and, well, muskrat, but we don't have a lot of muskrat here in Pennsylvania anymore. But um, mink is one of my favorite animals to trap. And, you know, one of the best sets for mink is just driving the roads and setting the bridge abundance. Mm. Um, you set all, I mean, any bridge you stop at, you got four different sets, each side of the the bridge and each side of the creek. So one, two, three, four, you can stop and put four sets in. Um, and you're pretty much, if you're going to set uh, those bridge abundance, you pretty much can catch any mink, muskrat, or raccoon that that's working down because they're going to hug that wall every time they cross under that bridge. Yeah, once again, hanging out with Alan Probst. He is the host of North American Trapper. You have to watch it. It is such a fun show. Sportsman Channel, Thursdays, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. I would say, you know, one of the, the predators... Um, it, highly contentious, uh, when you, when you're talking about wolves, man. And I think it's Montana, Idaho, and Wisconsin. They all have a wolf trapping season. Yep. Would you say that a wolf is probably the toughest animal to catch or not? Well, actually, I, uh, I went to Montana last year and I, I, I was out there for three weeks in December, uh, chasing wolves. I actually had that thought process when I went out there uh-huh. and they're actually, if you're on location and you're where they're at, they're actually not that hard to catch because they're so aggressive and really? they're not afraid of anything. Ooh. Um, you can actually lock them down and, and get them to pretty much step where you want because they're, they are so aggressive and the coyote or the fox or, you know, a wary, animal you know that's been missed is a lot harder to catch actually than the wolves if you're on target with wolves you can actually catch them you know out there uh, i know that is one of those hot button topics with uh you know people across the country all you can't trap the wolves or whatever but all three of those areas are just extremely overpopulated with wolves now they've really they've really taken over with their population because the ungulates have never had really a true predator there in a long time, but they've been reintroduced and it's a never ending food source, quite honestly. Yeah. When you're out there, uh, we have called in coyotes out here in Kansas and so forth. But when you're trapping a wolf, uh, do you go by trails? I mean, do do they follow trails like, say, deer do? Or uh, how do you get them to uh, narrow down to the place that you want them to step? That's that's a good question. And and more often than not, you're not you're not going to trap trails. They're not going to run the same trails. I mean, they're a free range animal. They're not going to probably step in the same place uh, like a deer, you know, uh, elk would, uh, you know, work in the same trails. They're going to run and range. Um, and, and what I've learned from being out there with the people I was with, 
you know, their range is, is anywhere from 21 to 28 days before they come back by a spot. Wow. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 21 to 28 days until they come back by a spot. So if you see them go through and they're on their, you know, range working their whole area, 500 square mile, you know, depending on, you know, what other packs are in the area, but you, you can narrow them down though to field edges and points of reference where this, you know, valley comes into this little, you know, slough that goes down through to the next valley. Mm-hmm. They're going to work down through there. Does that mean they're going to run the same trail? No, but they're going to work back through that slough. So you're going to need to have four or five, six sets work in that area. So when they do come by, you're going to get them in one of those, you know, sets that 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 are there. Now, I read somewhere, maybe it's not true, uh, that wolves prefer beaver meat over primarily anything else. Is there any um, substance to that, or is it just kind of fooey? You know, I, I don't think they're on the top list of where they're out there hunting that every day, but pretty much everything in nature loves beaver, and that's why a lot of the baits and lures and things that are on the market uh, have beaver meat as a base or beaver caster in it uh, mm-hmm. as a scent because it is attractive to pretty much every animal that you're out there chasing. Yeah, you bet. Hey, we're talking with Alan Probst, and of course, he's the host of North American Trapper on Sportsman Channel Thursday nights at 10 o'clock. And this has been presented by My Outdoor TV. Stream on your favorite device or download to watch anywhere, anytime. My Outdoor TV at MyOutdoorTV.com. Make sure you watch right now, second season, North American Trapper again, Sportsman Channel Thursdays, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Mr. Allen, to learn more about you, where can we find you online? Uh, North American trapper.com uh we also have our youtube uh channel which is you know just search north american trapper and we're pretty much putting everything that we're doing on there trying to uh educate and uh show people how to go out there and and do the things that we're doing yes right after this we'll have ellen probst he is the king of the beavers he's the king of the beavers he'll return right after this Make your life more outdoors. How? Well, you're doing it right now with Jim and Trav. Stay tuned. The Revolution with Jim and Trav. We'll be right back. What happens when you take two master craftspeople and give them a playground full of tools and materials to build with? Yep, pretty much what we thought, too. YouTube legend Jorge Sprava and expert auto tech Cheyenne Ruther team up to design, build, and test the world's most amazing backyard launchers. That's what I'm talking about. I just love something powerful, big, brutal. I like a challenge. Backyard Ballistics, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Outdoor Channel. Sprinkle the best of Western flavors by ordering from High Mountain Seasonings at HIMTNJerky.com today. That's HIMTNJerky.com. Untamed Odyssey is on today's revolution with Jim and Trav. Now let's rejoin the boys in Alan Probst, host of North American Trapper on Sportsman Channel, Thursdays 10 p.m. Eastern, presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. This is part two. 
Hey, we're back. We're talking Untamed Odyssey on this week's show. And, uh, of course, before the break, we had part one with Alan Prost. you got to go back and find out why he thinks beavers are so important. That's right. Now, when it comes to trapping common predators, you know, you have, like, pests, you have nest raiders, which are raccoons, possums, skunks. A lot of that stuff is right around your house. Are there, you know, I, I've seen you talk about, like, a, a dog-proof trap before are those common to use are they easy to use how does that work so we don't catch our uh, our pooch in there tabby well yeah the the dog proof traps you know dog proof is in the name what they are is a uh, cylinder and it has a pull trigger system mm. and quite honestly you need tangible fingertips to actually get down in there and pull up on that trigger Ooh. now a small dog or a small cat has a very low chance of getting down in there and setting that trap off because they don't have the tangible fingertips. And it allows you to set around barns and and houses and things of that nature because of, of that mechanism where they actually have to reach down in and pull that trigger. So it opens up a lot of different uh, opportunities where you can go in and catch these nestorators and things where you probably couldn't have with uh, with a foothold trap. So they they really, you know, change a lot of the areas that you can actually set just by that uh, new trap being brought to market a few years ago. Yeah. Now, you know, we're finding that uh, uh, due to like skunks and possums and so forth, the nesting population for ducks has really diminished a lot because of the predation. Now, is... uh, they're good money in those kinds of pelts, or do you just forget those and go on to something else? It's funny you bring that up. Uh, the market's really very low right now for pretty much everything across the board, whether it's foxes or raccoons or coyotes or, you know, there, there's just not a fur market that kind of is something that has a lot of people out there. And, and what, with that, is you don't have a lot of trappers out there. So what does that do? That actually increases the predator populations. And when you have increased predator populations, they're going to, you know, there's going to be more nest raiders and, and things like that. And it's not just ducks or, or uh, pheasants or, you know, turkeys. It's pretty much across the board. Um, they've done studies on this, uh, Texas and, and Missouri and different places where, Every nest raider, whether it's a raccoon, a skunk, or a possum, pretty much they're figuring that they're going to average anywhere from one and a half to two nest predations in the spring brooding season. So, and that's not just all turkeys, but they're going to basically find one and a half to two different nests per critter across the board and across the nation. So you can imagine how many ground nesting birds are, are having a hard time getting their getting their eggs to hatch and get their poults out there to adulthood from these uh, basically ground marauders uh, across the country. Now, if more people were trapping and there were more furs going to the market, obviously then buyers would have more to buy, more things to sell. If there were more, would the market pick up or is there just not a demand for it anymore? Well, the the, the fur market, you know, a lot of people think that the fur market is because of the runways in Milan or New <laughs> yeah. York City or whatever. And and that's actually not what drives the fur market. The, the fur market is actually driven by the Russian ruble, mm. um, 
when the ruble's strong, uh, the, the fur market's usually strong because whether it's, you know, Siberia or northern China or whatever, that's the area where the fur market really is driven by because those people actually need the fur to live, mm-hmm. to survive in those cold, extreme areas. Um, but when you have a, a weak uh, ruble, which is, you know, a few years back when we had a little fur boom um, in the mid to 2010, Sam, 14, 13, 14, 15. Uh, the ruble, I believe, was about 8 to 9 to 1 on the American dollar, and I believe it's about 50 to 1 right now. So, wow. Um, their money's worth about five times less than what it was. So, that person that was buying a new hat or a new coat or a new whatever every year. And now they're selling it up and they're, they're getting more aware out of it because they just don't have the, the money to spend five times what it was worth. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of different variables that go into that, but there's a value to every animal that we, you know, are out there going after, whether that's, uh, something that you make for yourself or you have a piece of home decor for your couch or your camp, you know, for a memory. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't trap for the money mm-hmm. I trap going back to that uh, history and that, that fever that I talked about earlier. Yeah. Can you imagine the first guy that trapped the first beaver and said, this would look good as a hat? Well, that, that came from, you know, overseas across the pond. Uh, that That's where the demand was for the beaver back in the day, back in the 1820s, 30s, and 40s. The demand was uh, across the seas for, for the beaver hats. Um, and then, you know, they made the silk hat there in the late 1830s, 18, early 1840s, and silk hat took over, and then the beaver market crashed at that time. But um, a really cool Google search is actually to look up what a beaver was worth back in the 1830s or whatever. I mean, it would get you, one beaver pelt would get you, like, all these different things like blankets and, and oh, wow. musket shot and, and, you know, all these different things, what a beaver was worth. It was like one of the most sought after things, uh, at that time. And that's why the guys risked life and death exploring, you know, the middle of nowhere out West to try and catch them because that's what they were so, uh, valued. Mm, you bet. Hey, we got to leave it right there. We've been talking with Alan Probst. Of course, he's the uh, host of North American Trapper on Sportsman Channel Thursday nights at 10 o'clock Eastern Time. And this has been presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Again, Mr. Allen, to learn more about you, North American Trapper, everything you have going on. Get some tips from you, buddy. Uh, where can we find you online? Uh, basically, my name is NorthAmericanTrapper.com. That's our website. That's where we offer all of our different you know packages and scents and lures and uh, on YouTube uh, if you do a search for North America Trapper that's where we have uh, most of our videos going up to uh, show people how to do what I you know said earlier be the steward of their own land you bet hey coming up is Cat Daddy the Kansas Cat Man that's right Mr. Allen God bless you thanks for coming on buddy I appreciate you having me on guys Stay up to date with all things outdoors with JimandTrav.com. Get online. And if it gets too rough for you, the safe word is vanilla pudding. (sighs) Great. Now I'm hungry. The revolution will continue next.
It's time to reimagine the off-road experience because Yamaha has reimagined this side-by-side. Available in either two- or four-seat models, the Wolverine R-Max 1000 lineup sets a new benchmark in the off-road world. Featuring a 999cc parallel twin engine, aggressive tires, and an automotive-style cabin. And select models include high-performance Fox IQS in-cab adjustable suspension, all-new D-Mode to optimize power delivery, an integrated Yamaha Adventure Pro navigation system, and much more. Visit YamahaMotorsports.com to learn more about the Wolverine R-Max 1000. It's time to get out there and realize your adventure with Yamaha. Professional driver on closed course. Always protect the environment and wear your seatbelt, helmet, eye protection, and protective clothing. Read the owner's manual and product warning labels before operation. Vehicle specifications subject to change. Thanks for tuning into The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Now, here's our catfishing guru, the proprietor of the beanhole, and a man with over 250 pairs of overalls, Cat Daddy. Brought to you by Yamaha's proven off-road ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. Check them out at YamahaMotorsports.com. Here are the boys. Hey, we're back. We're talking Untamed Odyssey on this week's show. And before the break, we had Alan Prost. He's the host of North American Trapper on Sportsman Channel Thursdays at 10 o'clock. But our next guest is an Untamed Odyssey. Yeehaw! Yes, he is. That's Cat Daddy. He is the John Wayne of the Catfish Waters. Mr. Cat Daddy, what is happening in the catfish world? Do you know? How do you know my name, partner? <laughs> <laughs> he, wear, he wears spurs and he rides those catfish like a bronc. Yeah. That's what he does. Uh, well, let th- me tell you guys. What? The daggone bean hole is over. No! Oh. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. We shut the bean hole down three days ago. Now, oh, that is, is that terrible. because you ran out of bait or it just doesn't work? Well, it, it, it's slowing up early this year for some unknown reason. I'm still trying to figure it out, but. That's quite all right. We started drifting, doing real good drifting. Now, is it because, I mean, we went, we had sustained heat for a long time, uh, and then all of a sudden it's gotten pretty chilly. Do you think that just kind of, you know, changed the direction of the catfishing? Is that what happened? Well, I think that's that's one seminary that I thought of, you know, uh, a quick snap of here to there real quick like that. Yeah. But, you know, we had a lot of... uh, uh, the, the lily pads has grown up back in there so much it's it's choked out a lot of that brush and stuff and I know the fish will still get around but I don't know it's just a weird situation you know the bean hole just the bite went real slow and I mean almost to nothing you sit there for you know 45 minutes before you even get a nibble and mm. I thought well we ain't gonna do this much longer so we just put a clothes sign up on the door yeah, yeah. now the thing is we, you know you, you you're uh anchored when you're fishing the bean hole but when you're out there drifting and if anybody knows anything about kansas or drift fishing and i've done it you know just about for every type of fish there is you know you can't go too fast and you can't go too slow oh ab- absolutely absolutely about about three quarters of a mile an hour is just about excellent for drifting you know, we've been uh, starting in the shallows, and, and uh, depending on which way the wind's blowing, and try to fish the shallows and come out of it and into the deeper water. And then you can turn around and do the same thing, you know, when the wind's the other direction, just, you know, and the deeper water up to the shallows. But there's a lot of places out there on them lakes, man, that's really good for drifting right now. Yeah. Fresh-cut shad, uh, you, 
you know, you just can't beat it. Now, are you using a drift sock? And if so, what size? Yeah, we're using two drift socks. And uh, for you boys out there using them five-gallon buckets with holes drilled in them, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> we're using five to eight-foot uh, drift socks. <laughs> that's the Kentucky method right there. <laughs> really, five to eight-foot. Oh, that's pretty decent size. And you used two of them, you said? Yeah, two of them, one on the front and the back, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that keeps that boat uh, steady down through the lake, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, it's the most relaxing type of fishing there is, I think, besides sitting on the bank and drinking a nice cold Pepsi. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> when you're out there, you know, uh, you just kind of get you a nice, comfortable seat and sit down and, just, you know, hang your pole out there. You put one out probably on the far left, out further as you can, then one on the inside short, and then one on the outside about three-quarters of the way. Yeah, just sit there, just kind of shoot the bull for a while. All of a sudden, you walk over a certain spot. Oh, boy, the poles just start jerking and bending. You know, you reach for one of the other ones, jagging down, the other one's bouncing. You just ain't got enough hands sometimes. Yeah. Oh, now, yeah. Would, it, would it be smart for you to put out a, a marker and then anchor up out there? Or do you think it's the movement well, of know, the bait? Well, you possibly could, but those fish move around. You know, when you're drifting, you're, 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 uh, they're more or less chasing your bait. When they get tired of doing that, they attack it and hit it. That's when you reel them in. Oh, uh, you might be able to sit there, you know, and then, uh, anchor up, catch a few. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, uh, you never know what you're going to catch when you're out there. I just be truthful with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, they might not get their fish all day long. And then right before we go, bam, there he is. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, you need to go back to places where you've caught nice fish before. And the reason why you've caught them there before is because they like the spot. Yeah, the structure and everything there. Is the blue cab bite still hot right now? The blue cab bite is on, yes, sir. The flathead bite is slowing down a little. Mm-hmm. The water's getting a little bit colder, and the leaves and off the trees. It's kind of hard fishing the river right now because it's so daggone low. You got all the all the trees blowing in the wind, knocking them leaves off, and it, it's just hard on your fishing, man, because you. You got a bunch of trash in the river, a bunch of leaves on your line, you know, and it has a tendency to bring your line up and float a little bit. And I don't know, it's, it's just a rough time right now. Yeah. Well, now, you know, when you're out there drifting, you mentioned about using cut shad. Uh, would it be possible, and, I, and I've seen this done in saltwater, where you take that five-gallon bucket with the holes in it and you actually put cut-up fish in there and kind of, you don't necessarily chum, but you got the flavor. Is that something you could do as well? Well, you got the scent. You got the scent going out like that, yeah. I, you know, if you're going to do that, just get your grinder and grind you up a bunch of them shad. And about uh, about every hundred yards or so, just throw you out a, a, a good old five-gallon bucket, you know, and kind of stretch it out a little ways that, as you're going down there. Hey, anything else when you're out there drifting? I know Jibbo's probably got five, six, seven, five-gallon buckets. Filled with ground-up shad. I do. That's what I mean. <laughs> it's like gold. Now, Mr. Cat Daddy, if people want to book a trip with you, really, it is a nice time of year. It is not hot. The fishing is great. The conversation is always amazing. Do you have anything available, buddy? Oh, yeah, yeah. Just get a hold of me. Uh, the best way to do that is 
www.catdaddyguideservices.com. You bet. And if you'd like to write OCAD Daddy, maybe send him a photograph of your latest and greatest, or maybe your uh, voltage regulator. Yeah. <laughs> you can write him at uh, catdaddy underscore one at msn.com. I'd send a picture of your drift sock. Personally, oh, that's what idea. I would do. Uh, this has been brought to you by Yamaha's proven off-road ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. Hop online, check them out, yamahamotorsports.com. Mr. Cat Daddy, your legend. We love you. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Hey, you guys do everything you can. When you listen to the revolution every week, you become a part of the family. I leave the toilet lid down when I pee. (laughs) You get to know what they like. I absolutely love cold pizza and beer. What they dislike. I hate using deodorant. Who they are. I only have one pair of pants and they're gyms. And what makes them tick. That's easy. Guns, trucks, watches, and Tommy Bahama. So be a part of the family. The revolution with Jim and Trav will continue. (laughs) Oh my God. Next. Larry, you ready to have some fun? Hollywood fantasy meets real-world science. Oh, my God! In an all-new season of Hollywood Weapons. How about another boom? Never bring a sword to a crossbow fight. I can't believe it! The most thrilling action scenes in TV and movie history are put to the test. Fire at will. I love my job. The Hollywood blockbuster is back. Hollywood Weapons. Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on Outdoor Channel. High Mountain Seasonings, the world's best kits for turning your game into jerky and sausage. Look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com. The Revolution with Jim and Trav present Real Men of the Outdoors. Real Men of the Outdoors. Today we salute you, Mr. Jim. Look who it is, it's Jim. With his endless supply of Tommy Bahama outfits, safari hats, and sandals. What were you thinking? I was going to change my name to Tommy Bahama. You think it looks natural, but it couldn't look weirder. Unless maybe it had a propeller. Oh, look at the freak. I do have new shorts. (laughs) Well, I got Hollywood legs. I I like to wear shorts and a t-shirt when I record. Do you know that I have barbecue sauce on my knuckle? Yeah, I did lick it off. So once again, we salute you, oh grandpappy of the outdoors, Mr. Jim. I don't know if it was from yesterday or last week. It's the grandpappy of the outdoors. Great show, everyone. We just gotta get out of here. Man, this is it. Oh, no. This sounds serious and real. This concludes the revolution with Jim and Trav this week. What the hell are you still doing here? Don't forget to drop the boys some feedback and stay in touch at JimandTrav.com. Hey, what a great show this week, talking about Untamed Odyssey, and our three guests are untamed. Yeah, Kurt Wells, Alan Probst, Cat Daddy. That's it. Great show. Jimbo, last word, big guy. Hey, last word is uh, get out there. You know, there's a lot of seasons starting up, and uh, you got to get out there. Get some kids in the field. That's right. Fill them freezers. Make some outdoor memories. Don't fill the freezer with kids. No, don't fill it with kids. <laughs> no, that could be chilly. Uh, no, make sure you hammer home firearm safety, though. That is imperative, boys and girls. And just wreck create outdoors as a family we gotta go we will return next week though jimbo that's right that's right with more wonderful outdoor programming we love you god bless you in the united states of america peace out
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.